0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaelene and Skylar.
2: Welcome, this is Michaeline. And
1: this is Skylar.
2: We are so grateful that you have chosen to join us today. And we want to say right from the start, we recognize how difficult it can be to enter into a discussion about abortion because so many of us have been personally impacted. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to assure you that this is a this is a safe place mm-hmm. to be. And, and actually speaking of the number of people, I think that's something we, we've shared that in early on in our program as a safe place tip. But something we yeah. like to remind ourselves of is that we're told about three out of 10 women will have an abortion by the time they're 45 in the United States. And then, of course, that means there's three out of 10 men who are impacted and then the family members and friends. And so there are so many of us, although we're often silent, so many of us are impacted. So you are not alone if you've been impacted in some way, either you've made that decision or someone close to you has. And then we've talked about a number of times as well, that concept of disenfranchised grief. Um, You know, Skylar, it's something I'm just, I'm reminded of just, just over and over again of here you have this vast number of people who are impacted and yet we have such cultural silence and when we talk about disenfranchised grief, it's that concept that there is a grief that is, it's, it's unacknowledged. Right. We treat it as a non-event. And when you think of that, and certainly even though when we talk about abortion, right, if we, we often focus almost exclusively on women. Right. And even in that instance, when it comes to personal experiences, this is not acknowledged So then I often think about about men who are either ignored or who are treated as an afterthought. And so I know that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring our guest on today to talk to us about
3: this. Right, right. And that's really the the big topic that we're going to be talking about today is men and how they are specifically and uniquely impacted by abortion. And we do have a special guest on with us today, Brad Mattis, and he's going to be talking about uh, the things that he's been involved with uh, regarding men and after abortion healing. And uh, so let me just introduce him and then we'll bring him on and and just talk with him through this issue. Uh, So... Brad Mattis, he's a founding member of the Men and Abortion Network. He's done peer-to-peer counseling and does peer-to-peer counseling uh, for men. And after abortion healing, he's written numerous international publications on the issue of men and abortion. So he's going to be a a great person to talk to, and he's with us right now. Uh, So welcome to the show, Brad. Thanks for being with us today.
4: Well, thanks, Skylar and Michael Lane. It's good to be with you.
3: Awesome. So, you know, as we've been talking very briefly just now about disenfranchised grief and how this this is a subject that isn't culturally uh, acknowledged, the grief after abortion isn't culturally accepted. And a lot of people do see abortion as a specifically women's issue a lot of the time. There are likely some people asking the question, well, what do men have to do with it? You know, why would we be talking about men? How are they impacted? And, and just why would we be having this discussion? So, Brad, I would want to start and ask you, why, why talk about this? Why are men an important thing to talk about?
4: Well, that's a good and obvious question to start with. Um, back uh, a few decades ago when feminism was at its height, um, they tried to make us all think that men and women's brains were wired alike and thought the same. And now with added science and technology, we know that's not the case. We know that men's brains are wired differently than women's. And one of the key aspects as it pertains to this topic, certainly, is that we men are hardwired to provide and to protect for our families, our offspring, our, our partners. Um, who we care deeply about, and that is very much a strong, ingrained um, part of our psyche. And when an abortion takes place that directly conflicts with providing and protecting for these people, that's when you have um, symptoms, you have emotional difficulties that rear, rear their ugly head, and, and that is why we're seeing so, men, so many men struggle with this issue.
3: Wow, wow, so I mean that it sounds like it's very significant for men to be dealing with that we've We talk about grief and loss after abortion a lot on this show, and it it sounds like you're maybe bringing up some losses that are specific to men after abortion they're you're You're saying that men tend to be just hardwired to want to protect and provide, and then when an abortion occurs, it sounds like there's a loss of being able to do that. They're, they're losing, you know, their, their sense of, you know, just being able to, to protect and provide well. Is that maybe, uh, does that sound about right?
4: Yes. Well, if a, if a man has been part of an abortion decision, um, especially if he has pushed or maybe even forced his partner to have an abortion, then there are ramifications that, that settle in after the, the immediate crisis is over. And, and that is when he realizes that uh, his ingrained desire to protect his offspring, to protect his partner against a crisis, um, then he failed at that in his mind, and that's when we see symptoms occur And We we also know that men's brains are wired differently in how we mourn. And uh, that has been made very clear with a colleague of mine um, who has written a book called Swallowed by a Snake, The Gift of the Masculine Side of Healing, which is uh, written by Thomas Gordon. And it really shows in very clear uh, text, it's an easy read, why um, men... Are so different in grieving. For instance, uh, we men grieve by doing things, um, and in action mm. items. And with women, they tend to grieve by sharing and uh, discussing their feelings. So these are ways in which we, uh, we pay attention to these differences when we're counseling men who have lost a child to abortion.
2: Well, so, Brad, um, going back to, you know, I'm struck by that, um, that, that role of protector and provider, um, and you were saying that there are certain then kind of um, behaviors or symptoms that you
4: would see. What, what would that look like? Well, the symptoms we're talking about, um, and the, the one that I see with every man that I've counseled and my colleagues, every men, man that they've counseled, the predominant um, symptom has been anger, and that anger has been uh, acted upon in ways that's been detrimental to themselves and or those around them. And, and you know, frequently, Michaeline, they don't even understand where this anger is coming from. Um, early pioneers of counseling men who've lost a child to abortion coined the term hooking, and what that means is when a man who's lost a child to abortion experiences something that reminds him uh, of that abortion experience, that may be something he sees, hears, touches, feels, or even smells, uh, it can trigger memories of that crisis event, and he can act out in anger, not realizing that he it's connected to the abortion decision. And oftentimes that anger is directed at the most convenient person or nearby uh unsuspecting victim and so he and the victim are often scratching their heads wondering where this all came from and we haven't done any thorough research uh, and I want to do this in the near future if we're able to to find out if the men in prisons if the vast majority of them have an abortion in their past personally from the anecdotal research I've done and the research I've read I believe that's going to be the case so
2: you just uh, and I just want to touch on this a moment because you're talking about talking about research on this and I was sharing with Skylar before we started the the show that I've actually been deep into doing some research, some additional research right now, um, and part of the focus has been on on men's reaction after abortion and I am I am struck by the lack of research and that there only seems to be really a handful of studies that are then referred to and referenced over and over again, and something that uh, really... I don't know, I guess I find it kind of appalling um, because then that means we're lacking this knowledge to have, um, you know, the best understanding. So I'm so appreciative of the work that you do and Mm -hmm. and how you're speaking with men and that you come to us with this, but I'm also aware that there could be so much more Um, If we were paying attention to how men are impacted and you're telling us that they're impacted in a very significant way and you're talking about the anger that may come out after this abortion, is there a point when they're able to make that if this is the case when they're able to connect their anger with the abortion experience?
4: There is, but before I answer that, I'd like to back up just a minute if I could. The most extensive research done on this was um, uh, by Dr. Shostak and his group. And by the way, they are all pro-choice individuals who support abortion. He experienced a uh, loss uh, by abortion personally. So they interviewed a 1,000 partners as, uh, of women going in for an abortion in thirty different abortion facilities throughout the United States. They did a follow up with a sub sample of seventy five that included in person and phone uh interviews. And what they found um was that eight percent of men are struggling and grieving deeply, which means they're having a tough time getting through the day. Um and eight percent uh equals over four and a half million men who are walking wounded severely. Mm-hmm. Affected, and there's so many millions more who are affecting to lesser degrees. And we've seen everything from depression to suicide, murder, and everything in between.
2: Wow. Well, let me let let's pause there right now. I want to pick this up again when we come back from the break. We're so glad, Brad, that you're here, and I'm sure for many who are listening, this is probably all brand new to them yeah. because we just don't tend to think about men um, when it comes to abortion, and yet we're just at the kind of the tip of the iceberg right now of learning how men are impacted by abortion, and we want to continue that and talk more about the different ways that they are. And later on in the show, we'll of course be talking, Brad, about some very specific things. You talked about the unique ways that men grieve and heal, and we'll pick that up towards the end of the show. But for right now, if someone would like to contact us, they can do that at contact at abortionchangesyou.com.
3: And they can also like us on Facebook, and that's Facebook slash creating a safe place.
2: Wonderful. So we'll be back in just a moment and pick up this conversation with Brad about men and abortion.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go
1: on iPhone, BlackBerry or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store,
0: BlackBerry App World or Android Market. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7 and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com.
1: We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often, we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves, or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Piro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email... Our email address is contact at com. Now, back to Life After Abortion.
2: Welcome back. This is Mike Baleen. And this is Skylar. We are so grateful that you're with us here today to continue our discussion about men and abortion. And we, of course, have a special guest, Brad who has been starting to describe to us some of the different ways of how men react to abortion. And, Brad, you were telling us that one of the primary symptoms or manifestations is anger, Um, but it sounds like there are other ways that men may react as well. Can you tell us more about that?
4: Certainly. Uh, Some of them are what you would expect, Um, alcohol and drug abuse to dull the pain of the loss of the child, uh, we have seen some become workaholics, and that's for two reasons. One is that when they're in a work environment, they're less likely to talk about their personal life, and the abortion in their past is often a deeply held, deep, dark secret that they don't want anybody to know. Uh, secondly, they may become a workaholic too because they desperately want to succeed in the work environment in their job. Because, see, we men believe that we're defined as successful in, one, our ability to protect, but also in the job that we attain in life because that defines us as a success in in the money it generates, the toys we're able to circle ourselves with, the friends and admirers that we have as a result of that. So where they feel, men feel they failed in protecting They want to do very well in providing, and that is uh, the work environment. Um, We see often uh, times a man will take on a dangerous job or a dangerous hobby in which he uh, tempts fate for an accident, say a motorcycle, uh, for getting punished for what in his mind he deserves. Or he he may try for a job that he knows he will fail at because he's not qualified. Because he feels he needs to be punished for being part of taking the life of this child. And at this point, I just want to reemphasize, Michaeline, what you said earlier in the program, and that's that we're not here to judge anybody. Uh, we know more than anyone uh, the pain associated with abortion and how uh, people can make decisions based on not having enough information or being pressured to do so. But we're here to tell you that you're not alone and that there is hope and healing there's light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Well, that thank you Brad and thank you for that. Definitely for that reminder. I'm certainly men and women do respond and react differently, but I'm also, as you're describing this, um, realizing that there's there's still a lot of similarity yeah. in the way that we respond as well. When you talk about risk taking or or punishment, uh, the sense of needing to be punished, or also just trying to do things, we may do different things, but to do things so that we don't have to think about the event itself. Oh,
4: well. Absolutely,
2: and Brad, I'm wondering: Is this something um, just in your experience? Are these symptoms or manifestations that we'd be seeing like immediately after the abortion, or are these things that maybe we see that come over time, or is or is that just a very unique thing that's dependent on the individual?
4: Well, Michaeline, I would say all of the above, and it just depends upon the individual and the environment in which he finds himself the opportunity with which he may have to face the issue uh... or talk about it or not uh... there was one young man in his early twenties who contacted me i've written a brochure on this that summarizes the issue and somebody handed that to him in the chicago area as he came out of an abortion facility now this is a particularly tragic story because They were going in for a late-term abortion, and they were the only ones there. And sadly, he heard his baby crying down the hallway. And uh, when he came out, he was absolutely terrified and so remorseful of what has happened that he couldn't reverse. And they gave him that brochure. He contacted me. And I've got to tell you, the sound of his voice was something that I haven't heard since, nor do I want to hear but we were able to get him into a counselor within hours. And that, I believe, is a success story because the longer they go without the counseling, the wider, the thicker, and the higher that wall of denial can build itself. And so the sooner they face this, the better off they'll be.
2: Well, that's quite a traumatic experience that, that you're describing. And, and it's, it's great that there was intervention for him that could be there so quickly.
3: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, mentioning that it might be a good time to, to talk a little bit. You've, you mentioned as we talked before about the men and abortion network as a, a resource specifically for men or, and it offers resources specifically for men. And I was wondering if we might be able to spend some time talking about that. Um, you know, it sounds like there was, there was a need that was seen and then, the Men in Abortion Network came out of that. So can you kind of talk about what the Men in Abortion Network is?
4: Certainly. Well, Skylar, we began to get contacted by men in in emails and letters who were were grieving deeply. And and I told my colleague, Dr. Wilkie, that I think we've missed the boat. We're aware of women hurting, but we're not aware of the suffering of the fathers. And he encouraged me to do my own anecdotal research and so I began the journey of, of looking for and finding individuals who were helping men after the loss of a child to abortion. And the thing was is they were each operating in their own on their own little island in various geographic areas of the country. And I thought it was important that we all come together in a network where we can all be independent but communicate and work as a unit when it it helps us to do so. And as a result, then, the Men and Abortion Network, or MAN, was formed. Our goal back then at at its beginning was to create awareness that men are truly affected. But as we were going out and speaking, um, the audience's response was so positive. Of course, their next question was, "What? how can we help them? What resources do you have? And so we've been able to develop these resources over time um, on a wide variety of ways to approach this, and we now have that available on meninabortion.net, which is a website where you can go for information and resources available. You can also find a counselor for your area. All we need is your email address and the city in which you live, and we can then do the research to find that free counselor for you and provide that information. So literally, help is only a click away.
3: That's great. And, That's- and these counselors that you connect, these are people who are trained specifically to help men who, who know all the things that are unique to men. And Absolutely. after abortion healing, is that correct? Right.
4: Absolutely. We've all been, I guess you could say we're all experts in the field of men and abortion. Some of us are peer-to-peer counselors. Some of us do more grassroots organization and awareness. Uh, some of us are credentialed counselors who testify at trials, uh, or we testify uh, on the state or federal legislation uh, hearings in favor of, of legislation that would take into consideration the pain of fathers. So we have a, a wide variety. There's about 13 of us that um, all bring something different to the table. And uh, whoever is in need can really choose from all of us and, and the resources and gifts we have to help their particular situation.
2: And what was the name of that website again, Brad?
4: It's menandabortion.net, menandabortion.net.
2: Wonderful. I just think, again, having something specifically for men is is very important, by yeah. men and, and for men.
4: Absolutely. And it's interesting, one, one man that I was counseling, at some point along the way, I referred to him or call him Dad. And that can be a very impactful, emotional moment for a man who feels he's never had... Uh, been deserving of that title. And deserving or not, uh, when you have a child that whose life has been taken or who grows to maturity, that still makes you a father. Um, and they need to be aware of that. We need to make, make that baby human for them. And not only do we need to recognize their role as a dad, but then we also, in part, making that child human, we also ask them to name that baby so that 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 child itself becomes more real to them and was part of their lives.
2: And how did every man respond to that recommendation?
4: Well, it's, it's usually a milestone in the counseling process because one young man who the abortion happened 11 years prior felt that, that everything had been resolved. And I said, well, let's go through the counseling process and, and look for grenades under rocks and we'll see if we find any. And I always assign homework. Uh, I meet weekly with guys for an hour, hour and a half. And I told this young man, your assignment for next week is to name your child. And he was about to say something. I said, no, before you can object or say anything, just do it, and we'll talk about the whys and the ins and outs of that when we meet next week. And um, he left, said he'd do that. He came back, and before I could open my mouth, he was just beaming. And he said that that one assignment changed my life forever. He said, until then, my baby wasn't real. It was some abstract mist floating in the universe somewhere. He said, this made this baby real. And it it, it was very personal for him. And it, it really helped him take a step toward the healing, processing the grief. Unless we understand that that's a real life, a real life and blood individual, then we're not able to mourn or grieve that death. And if we don't grieve that death, then depression and other kinds of psychological problems can come into the picture.
2: So it sounds like you were, in, in essence, you were giving him permission to grieve and exactly. validating what he already, what he already knew, yeah, um, yeah. what he already knew to be the
4: case. Because in society, Michaelene, we don't really give men... Uh, the permission to grieve over an unborn child. In most cases, we don't give women that permission to grieve. And in society, we're also kind of a, a society yet that says it's unmanly for a man to cry. Well, in this context, we encourage the grief and, and any way in which that can be processed. And oftentimes, it involves um, some good sobbing sessions to, to fully express the grief that they have inside. And that's a big step in the right direction.
2: Wonderful. Well, this is a, a great place to pause, and we'll pick it up again at the other end of the break um, to talk a little bit more about the grieving and in, in healing. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to contact us, please do that at contact at abortionchangesyou.com.
3: And like us on Facebook at Facebook slash creating a safe place.
2: Wonderful. We'll be back in just a few moments to continue our conversation with Brad about men and abortion.
0: Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. Tune in
3: every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the CDIP Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health and Wellness
0: on Therapeutic Approach to Growth. Host Brooke Wagner showcases topics and experts that are of interest to the special needs community. You'll learn about advances in treatment, challenges and solutions, as well as how to build and maintain trusting relationships with these amazing individuals who can teach us so much about ourselves in ways we never knew. Tune in to Therapeutic Approach to Growth, live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at com. Now, back to life after abortion.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael And
1: this is Skylar.
2: We're so glad that you have joined us today and especially with this very special conversation that we're having with Brad of the Men and Abortion Network. Mm-hmm. And Brad, we were talking about, or you were talking about with us, um, some of the unique aspects of not how only how men are impacted, but then how men grieve and how they heal. And we'd like to talk a little bit more about what that uh, under we, we understand certainly that there's a whole range of ways that people can be impacted right. and we know that everyone's timeline is unique and the way they grieve is unique, but there's still also enough similarities that we can really describe what that process looks like so maybe you can tell us more about that
4: well in in the mind of a man um sex is very much tied to the abortion because it's that intimate act that uh, creates the pregnancy which creates the crisis and um one guy comes to mind in particular who was the proverbial tall dark and handsome guy he had a, a great job he was uh a nice-looking guy, he had a a hot card that the ladies loved, and his social life, his dating life, was very active until the abortion. And then he felt so devastated by it. It, To him, he felt dirty, and he didn't feel that he was worthy of a relationship. And the idea of an intimate, physical relationship um, actually made him uh, physically ill, the, the thought of that. And uh, by the same hand, there are other guys that I've counseled who, after the abortion, uh, desperately look for love in all the wrong places and become promiscuous. And then again, we see guys who are dealing with an anger issue toward women, particularly if she had the abortion against his will, where they use sex as as a tool against women to um, utilize them and then cast them aside. Um, it's just something that, that is used in many ways. And that anger issue toward women is something that we have to work out with them so that there is no anger left. And what would,
2: what would that look like?
4: Well, for instance, we have to deal with the forgiveness issue. The anger issue can be directed at many people in different ways. You, they could be angry at, at the abortionists. At the girl's parents, who maybe uh, pushed her or coerced her into the abortion, or her friends, um, that he could be angry at the at the abortion staff uh, if he went there and took her to that staff and they they rebuffed him in in any way. And so the forgiveness issue is really important to to uh, take their healing to the full circle. And. When I talk about forgiveness, that seems like an insurmountable task from the guy's point of view. So I often start with saying, telling them what forgiveness is and what it is not. And I tell them that forgiveness isn't condoning what took place. Forgiveness isn't resolving issues with the partner um, or acquiescing to what happened. Uh, forgiveness is a conscious decision to withhold retribution from the affected individuals and grant them forgiveness, even if they're undeserving of it. And when we put it in that context, then that's something that a guy can get his brain around and understand. We are kind of doers. Uh, we'll, if there's a goal that can be specifically explained to us and t- tell, tell us how to get there, then it's much more attainable.
2: That's that's wonderful. And how do you find men reacting to that?
4: Well, very positively, because we tell them, and I can speak from my own experience, as many others can with dealing with anger towards somebody, that as long as you're, you're withholding forgiveness from an individual, that person has power over you. That person is present in your mind and your thoughts on a regular basis. And once you make the decision to grant forgiveness to the undeserving party, then those thoughts by and large go away and you feel free. Uh, it really literally breaks the chains of bondage that so often wrap around a guy after losing a child to abortion.
2: Mm. So I'm hearing both permission to grieve and going through that grieving process over the loss of their child and perhaps other losses as well. Um, you had brought up the loss of their role as protector provider, perhaps the relationship with their um, partner did not survive the abortion. But then also hearing you talk about that, that letting go the freedom that you're talking about through forgiveness. Brad, I'm sure there's probably some men who are listening right now who have an abortion in their past, and they're, this is speaking to them in some way. What, what advice would you give to them?
4: Well, I would say, first of all, you're not alone. There are millions of guys like that, like you out there, which is a tragedy in itself. But also that don't lose hope because there's a way to process this grief Uh, a way to get through that dark tunnel to the light on the other end and regardless of where you are regardless of your financial circumstances we can get a counselor that can provide that with you they can walk with you through the process and be there as long as you need them the goal will be to get to the end where there's healing the goal is to get in your mind a point where you can draw a line in the sand before healing and after. And that's when the the counselor steps away and you begin a new life uh, with new energy and a new outlook on life. You never forget the tragedy that took place, but you're in a spot where you can function and be happy again.
2: Mm, That's wonderful. And they can connect with you at menandabortion.net, is that correct?
4: Yes, yes, they can connect to us through a portal. uh, They can send an email to us, and we will uh, take care of it immediately. When we get uh, contacted by a father who's grieving from abortion, I've instructed the staff that we put aside whatever we're doing and make them our priority.
2: Wonderful. So that's menandabortion.net. And we have another question for you, Brad. Yeah. And I think for, there's also those who are listening who have not been personally impacted um, or, um, you know, perhaps it's it's a woman. And she's even thinking, well, how, how can I support someone else or a guy who's thinking, gosh, this is he's describing my brother. He's describing my roommate. He's describing my coworker um, as someone who would like to support a man who's been impacted by abortion. What advice would you give them?
4: Well, I got a call from a woman in um, actually Honolulu, and she had read the brochure that I wrote that talked about why men are affected, what the symptoms are, and how to resolve them. And she told me, she said, you described my husband to a T. And she said she had that exact question. How do I get him to open up and begin that discussion? And for her, I said, leave the brochure where he can find it and read it and then give him some time to digest it and then gently bring the topic up then gently explore those areas of concern of behavior and then talk about the possibility of whether or not they're connected to a past abortion understanding that they may not be and don't assume that they are but explore it gently enough to find out if that may be the case and Mm -hmm. and make encourage them to be open to finding uh, a person who can assist them. Because abortion, in my, in my experience um, with helping others, is just too big of an issue to get through yourselves. I know society tells us, guys, we've got to just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and take care of things ourselves. But this is, a, this is an exception to that. It's too big for us to take on ourselves.
2: Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. And you've mentioned um, the, the brochure Men Hurt 2 and other literature, and I'm assuming that's something they can either find or contact you at meninabortion.net to receive that?
4: Absolutely. We have a, a variety of resources. We have men's stories. We have information with articles. Uh, and we have a way for you to contact any of us uh, for further help. So please take advantage of that. If you're listening and you've been affected by an abortion, reach out because we're here not to judge. We know the pain that you're going through and the anguish, and we just want to help you get through it.
2: That's wonderful and I really like Brad how you pointed out that for those who want to help it is not our job to be assuming or to draw our own conclusions. Um right. so if we we think this is an issue um being able to um gently bringing it up but not at all um in any way Being the one who's determining or trying to push that upon somebody else. It
3: it reminds me of when we talked about building support systems earlier on in in the show um, in some past episodes. You know, there were those questions that you could ask yourself about if you could be confidential, if you could be someone who doesn't try to fix everything, who isn't judging. You know, it sounds like you're just saying Guys need that. Guys need that just as much as the women need that. That support system is going to be necessary for a healthy healing process to take place.
2: Wonderful. Well, Brad, before we let you go, are there any other final thoughts you'd like to share with us?
4: Well, I just want people to understand that there's hope and there's healing. Um, Mm -hmm. Be aware that men who are struggling with this issue are everywhere. And they're in, in every... Uh, environment that you find yourself in social professional or otherwise so be now that you know some of the facts keep an open eye and and offer help if you feel it's appropriate or send them to our website where we can uh, provide more extensive help but uh, men be aware this is a big issue and we all need help to get through it
2: Wonderful so that website again is men and Brad, thank you so much for joining us today and thank you so much for being sensitive enough to notice that there was a need and then, um, and then actually just taking charge and doing something to fill that need We so appreciate the work that you do
4: Well thanks very much and thanks for having me
2: Great. Thank you, Brad. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you. And thank you for all of you who have been listening in on this episode on men and abortion. And certainly we do invite you if you've missed past episodes, that's something that you can find at voiceamerica.com. You can look under the Health and Wellness Channel for Life After Abortion and you can access um, any of our past episodes that are there. If you'd like to contact us, you can do that at Contact at abortionchangesu dot
3: and you can like us on Facebook at Facebook slash creating a safe place. There we've posted safe place tips from our past episodes, and we'll continue to do so in the future.
2: Wonderful. So when we come back from this break. We just want to dialogue a little bit more. I mean, Brad really brought up a number of different things that are really different and unique. And then also we will do as we always do, we'll wrap up with a safe place tip for those of us who want to be a support to someone who has been impacted by abortion. And we'll pick that up in just a moment.
0: Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7 and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com.
1: Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. We are surrounded by crises, domestic violence, mental health issues, rape, suicide. Often, we feel alone if we are dealing with these issues ourselves, or we feel powerless to help others who are dealing with them. You don't have to feel alone. Listen for The Journey, Stories of Crisis and Hope with Jessica Piro. The show is an open forum to share and get advice from others and guest experts and begin or continue the healing process. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skyler.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today. And this has certainly been a really enlightening discussion. Um, We had just um, said goodbye to to Brad in our last um, segment there. And he is from Men and Abortion. um, And you can access his um, resources, menandabortion.net. And so he was talking to us about men and abortion and some of the unique aspects for men. And I thought it's, it's interesting. I know there's that the debate that's probably going to go on forever, right? What is, um, if we look at different gender differences and something like grief, are we hardwired to do that? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that, um, you know, we're, our, our culture kind of directs us to act in certain ways? What I was hearing from Brad is there's kind of a both and going on. So yeah. research saying that, yes, men and women's brains work a little bit differently. Um, but there's also definitely cultural aspects that are there as well, and we certainly know cultural aspects when it comes to abortion is that we often ignore men
4: yeah.
2: um, it 's like it 's as if they are not a part of this at all yeah. um, they're not um, they 're not officially often a part of the decision whether or not to um, to terminate the pregnancy or not, but certainly afterwards. You know, if we think about how people are impacted afterwards, that's a big if. But if we do, we tend to think about women.
3: Yeah. We don't
2: think about men.
3: Right. It's it's a twofold issue talking about the disenfranchisement for men. It's it's just that much more. We think of it as a women's issue for obvious reasons. It's the woman's pregnancy. We often think it's it's her carrying the child. It's the procedure is done with her i mean the man doesn't go into the room he doesn't have to it's it's not really it's not something that he is having done to him in that sense in the physical sense but emotionally yes emotionally it is something emotionally the abortion can be just as much it is as the woman's
2: absolutely and you know i've been doing um some some research lately looking at how men and women are impacted by loss through miscarriage mm-hmm. and we've talked about the sim- there's similarities in those lo- reproductive losses but of course there's also great differences yeah. that are there as well and so certainly as you just brought up there's just the, there's just the physical and the physiological aspects of what's going on um, Although because of medical technology, men enter in now in a different way, although it's Mm -hmm. not, um, uh, the pregnancy isn't developing in their body. Um, but one of the things that really struck me in addition to the lack of research on how men are impacted by miscarriage, and there's even less on how men are impacted by abortion, that, um, there was the, the comment was made that, um, when a man has lost a child through miscarriage and he interacts with medical professionals, the question that he's asked is, how is your partner doing? How's your wife doing? How's your girlfriend doing? They're not even inquiring how he's doing. And so I think there's that part of culture and that part of being disenfranchised um, that for men just really, our messages to them are that this is not about them. And they're Mm -hmm. not allowed to have feelings about this. And so how refreshing to hear from Brad just the opposite. (laughs) To hear you are not alone. You are a significant part of this decision. You are a significant part after the decision has been made. And that if you are impacted, you are not alone. And not only are you not alone, but there's help available for you. And I was thinking as Brad was talking that, um, this is coming from a woman's perspective, so you can tell me, Skylar, what you think. But I was thinking it must also be like really refreshing to hear that if I'm a man and I'm troubled by a past experience, that I can talk to another man.
3: Yeah. No, and I think that would make such a big difference. I mean, it's it's one thing to be told by a group of women that you're okay. It's okay for you to have feelings, and culturally, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, yeah, sure. But if another man is telling you, you know, this is okay, I've, I have maybe have even been where you are, and I, I know there are others who have been where you are, it's okay for you to feel this way. It's okay for you to have this kind of support system. That's significantly different.
2: Absolutely. And to also hear from a man that um, your, how you react after the abortion and how you will move through a grieving and a healing process will probably look different than it does for a woman and that 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 is fine too. Um, I think that that must also be refreshing. And I hope for women um, who are listening right now that this is helpful for you because uh, some often will hear about difficulties after a loss after abortion in partners trying to support each other. And some of it comes from misunderstandings. So Brad had talked about how women will often talk about it more, and men will do more things, mm. do activities. And so the thing is, is that a woman can think that he's being indifferent, that this doesn't impact him, and that can bring it. That can bring a lot of pain. It can bring discord up. And for the man, he may think, why? Does she need to keep talking about this over yeah. and over and over again? It's just because we're different. We're different in the way that we process, um, and I think just having that understanding and giving each other the space and the permission to be there can be so freeing. So let's let's uh, go to our safe place tip. Yeah, right now.
3: Safe place tip. So again, we we do these tips as as something to help those who know someone maybe close to them who've been impacted by abortion. So this week, the safe place tip for men. The first thing is, is just to think of men as a, a primary uh, target, uh, as, as a primary group of people who are impacted by this, you know, don't think of them as a secondary group behind women. So often we think of this as a women's issue, but as we've been talking about this entire episode, men are significantly impacted And for every woman impacted, there is a man involved in that situation. So just viewing men as being a primary group of individuals.
2: Absolutely. Place them right in there. It's men and women. It's not just women and it's not women. Oh, and men, (laughs) not an afterthought. We may be differently impacted, but we are equally impacted. So keeping that in mind, it's men and women. And then back to the comment that I was making about how men are asked that question after miscarriage, how's your wife doing? How's your girlfriend doing? I think too, as well, okay, so it's men and women. And so then if we know a man who's been impacted, let's please focus on his needs. Let's please ask him how he is doing.
3: Yeah. Ask him how he's doing first, perhaps later on the conversation, it would be an important thing to ask how their significant other is doing, how, you know, their partner is. But first, it needs to be about them. Yes.
2: And don't be surprised. Men will often be focused on how their partner is reacting, which is a wonderful, wonderful, compassionate um, attitude to have. But let's also make sure that they don't lose themselves in that process as well. And then the final thing would be um, you can read stories from how men have been impacted. And you can do that on abortionchangesyou.com on stories. That's a place that you can do that. So we're so grateful that you have joined us this week. Um, next week, we will be replaying one of our past episodes on the holiday. And then we will be coming back two weeks from now. And we'll be focusing on healing. In the mm-hmm. meantime, feel free to contact us at abortionchangesyou.com.
3: And like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Creating a Safe Place.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much. We look forward to joining, having you join us next week.
1: Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.